Good morning. Welcome to the Black Bar Podcast. My name's Nick. I'm joined today by Caleb Weidman. Hello. And no Zach today, which... Zach's uh, not here. He's not here today. He had a, another thing going on, but it's going to be me and Caleb today. We're going to be talking about AI-generated music, whether that's good or not. We're also going to take a deep dive into AR versus VR and talk about some of the things that just were released with the new meta update. Now, yes. uh, something you also might want to know is, you know, if uh, what Black Bar is, we have a community, a Discord that we'd love for you guys to join. It's uh, if you're interested in uh, creative church media stuff, great place for you to be. Uh, become part of that community, and we could do some fun stuff there. Also, if uh, you want some work done for you, Black Bar Productions can produce uh, content for you. We do all kinds of things from websites to uh, specific video promotions, social media, graphic design, T-shirts, uh, all kinds of different things. So you can find us there at blk.bar. Uh, Caleb, how are you doing this morning? I'm exhausted. I, <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Today is the last season, the last day of a season, which mm-hmm. has lasted probably about six weeks, where I've yeah. been working. I've been getting up at about 8.30. I've been starting work at 9. And I've been stopping working at about 1 a.m. And I've just been doing that mm-hmm. for about six weeks. And today was <laughs> my last massive deadline. And I made it. And I survived. And <laughs> I'm so ready and, for a nap. But we're going to do this first. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw in there, since I've already coughed once this uh, this episode, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying not to. I literally have, like, a arsenal in front of me of, like, some hot tea, uh, cough drops, water to make sure I didn't cough. Uh, but I'm nursing, a, 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 or I'm recovering from a cold. And so are you this past week this last week was uh, like like running uphill uh, yes to, to to get to the finish line yes it was it, it was not great i don't think i got it quite as bad as you did for the most part Ooh. um but it wasn't yeah. <laughs> i had enough to i didn't have time to be sick i think i just nope. my body knew that it's got to shove that crap away until we're done i'm sure like come that- monday I will be near mm-hmm. death. This probably it's like that movie, the Predator, where there's that one line is like, "Man, you're bleeding." He's like, "I don't got time to bleed." I, so I don't watch dirty movies, Nick. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't watch things that aren't made by pure flakes. Oh, okay. But the audience doesn't know uh, we're not alone today. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's True. not we just going to be you and I. Garrett this Vandenberg random dude just logged into the call somehow. <laughs> he guessed the password, and it took, he's it took just a while. Here now. Let me tell you. Right. So <laughs> let me do a quick int- introduction here for Garrett. Uh, Garrett is a recording artist and a music producer. He composes original theme music and background music, and he writes music for licensing, and he has some of his own stuff, which I will say uh, I actually have uh, a couple of his songs from his most recent album uh, favorited on my Spotify playlist. So, oh, that's, I, that's big praise. I'll, <laughs> I'll also say just about every time in the past decade that i've needed original music written mm-hmm. whether that be for a video or for a dungeons and dragons campaign that might be coming up very shortly <clears throat> garrett's the guy <laughs> that i call to write the music and he has never done anything short of excellent work and so very shortly when we release the uh the garrett vandenberg mm-hmm. ai composer that's gonna be a <laughs> music. there you go <laughs> right he's not gonna have to write anymore he can retire yeah, i'm retiring yeah, yeah. I think I'm remembering something too. The earliest iteration of what is now the Black Bar podcast, we we tried very briefly to do the Frick Frack and CJ show. Frick Frack CJ being Frick. We we had Garrett write us out. I totally remember that. 
he wrote wow. you yeah yeah so garrett's been actually a part of it yeah <laughs> garrett's been a part of the podcast from day one we just there didn't go. realize it <laughs> you say i don't even remember which how, how long ago was that oh too long oh i don't want to bring it up <laughs> we're <laughs> leaving this podcast <laughs> okay, okay in the past moving on i still moving have on. those but, files <laughs> yeah speaking of what you were just mentioning here and the reason that we wanted to have you specifically on today is because i think we have a topic that is near and dear to uh your line of making money which is that's true yeah a- ai generated music yeah, that's yeah. how I make my money. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I've been lying to people for years. I <laughs> they thought that's I was really impressive. It, but it's actually just, oh my gosh, for I ten had, years. You've been, I've been working with you for a long access. time. That's oh crazy. So Nick, why Zach don't you tell us a little bit yeah. about that? Zach sent us something uh, the other week as we you know go through our, our show planning stuff, and he found this thing called uh, it's Sound Raw AI. I think um, it's basically, supposed to be Sound. Is it sound raw sound or sound draw? That's a great question. It has only one D in it. I so think it's maybe it's sound draw. Either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So he got a like a um a sponsored link on uh Instagram or something for it. And it, it says it's like, hey, you know what? This is AI music. And so we were just started talking about, you know, th- this is very interesting. You can start having AI write your music for you um is that really what we want to do how does that interact with like different um uh, artists and stuff but i gotta tell you i took a look at this i actually went through and for our our social media post to promote today's podcast i use some of the uh, the music it's not ai it's it's this totally is, fake it's not even is, close yeah. this is the marketing term for ai you know like hey we use ai it's basically a a loop uh, composer for you. It has a bunch of different loops for different types of music that you can choose how to assemble them. So yeah. it's a good there's tool. Like a little slider if you want more mm-hmm. energy or less energy, and it'll smooth the mm-hmm. transition. It's a very cool, powerful yeah. tool that I would mm-hmm. love to have inside Premiere or whatever else. Oh, yeah. But there's no artificial intelligence going on no. at all. Yeah, I think the only case. artificial intelligence is the intelligence of the people who are promoting it as AI. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure making yeah. a killing. It's a very cool business model. And if they just didn't use the word AI, I would have mm. I would have no problem like recommend like that's oh, a yeah. cool tool. If you just need mm-hmm. some stock music, if you can't afford to pay someone like Eric to make it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But don't use AI when it's not AI. That's yeah. I, that's a hard line for me. But there are mm-hmm. AI tools, AI generating music tools that from scratch build stuff out of nowhere. And I think right. uh, one example being um, uh, Jukebox, which is OpenAI's version. OpenAI is the company that does like ChatGPT. Um, mm-hmm. And it's in varying, the, the, the stuff that it makes is not always excellent. Um, it's still very much in progress. Um, you have to massage it a little bit from what I'm able to see. Uh, but I mean, like in the same way that the very first generation of like image generation bots were like, oh, that mm-hmm. almost looks like a person. It's going to get better and it's going to get better fast. Mm-hmm. So Garrett, knowing that we have this, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, as a professional songwriter, are you scared of AI generated music? <laughs> Am I scared of it? I I think I'm. I I think it's 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 going to kind of come in phases of the way that we respond to it because I don't think like 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 you guys were just saying there's like there's stuff that's going to be marketed as AI, um, 
that isn't really AI. There's like, there's the initial excitement of just there's like new technology and people right. are like, oh, let's try mm -hmm. that. But I think people are going to pretty quickly figure out what AI can do well and what it can't. Right. And, mm -hmm. and if there are people, you know, if there's a lot of uh, professional songwriters out there doing what, you know, could easily be accomplished by a robot, then mm -hmm. I don't know why they have jobs because <laughs> like, sure, sure. I, I don't, I don't think that, um, that if you're doing stuff that's, that's purely grunt work, that then, then you're really, really engaging with cre creating art, which I think is probably part of what people are hiring you to do when they're hiring an artist. Mm -hmm. So if, if what you're accompli if what you're doing in your job is something that could easily be done by a robot, then I, I don't mm -hmm. see it. It's like, probably you need to step up your game. But <laughs> sure. But so like if I'll use the analog of in the world of illustration. Right. So I don't know if you've played with any of the AI, like the uh, image generation bots like Mid Journey or Stable Diffusion or anything like that. Um, uh, I've been able to get like so we'll talk about Dungeons and Dragons again because we've mentioned it before. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do for all my players was create like uh, uh, like the image avatars, like having mm -hmm. this is a picture of what your character. Usually in the world of D and D, I have to pay an artist to make that happen, a talented artist to be able to produce that sort of thing. Uh, and now, not only can I do that with Mid Journey in ten minutes. Uh, less if I have the right prompt, uh, but I could get that in any style that I want. I could like, it could be super cartoony. It could be super realistic. It could be, you know, I can emulate a comic book style. I could emulate a movie style. Like it's okay. gotten to the point where I don't see why I would ever need to budget to pay an illustrator hundreds of dollars mm -hmm. to be able to make right. something like that happen. Oh, yeah. I, I watched a video yesterday of a guy breaking down the cost difference between creating the shot in The Shining where, you know, the blood all that comes out of that, that living Yeah, room. sure. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, he showed, I mean, he, he recreates the scene pretty convincingly. And I guess that, that scene, there's like a clone of it in Ready Player One as well, where they do it all with CG. Um, okay, yeah. And the original, it's like, to do it with CG, like to do it like cinema level, like how it's supposed to look, it's about a fifth of the price, which is, I mean, still like pricey. Like I think the, the original mm -hmm. uh, sure. shot, like sure. uh, calculation was like something like five, like half a million dollars to do that shot. Good and then night. doing with, with CG was like, yeah, it was like a fifth mm -hmm. of that. But they, they said he, when, when he got to the end of the video, he said he broke down that like, but fewer people care to see the movie if they know. Well, it's, it's not that if they know that it's AI, mm -hmm. they don't care about seeing the movie. It's that there's a mm -hmm. big selling point to knowing that th that the stunts are real. Sure. So when they mm -hmm. when they market that like, oh, in the new Mission Impossible, you know, they actually do oh, this. Yeah. Or you should another clip of, I don't know what the movie was. It was like this crazy scene of, of like a helicopter dropping off guys on a train and them all jumping off of the helicopter and like doing mm -hmm. crazy stunts. And it was like, whoa. Nice. <laughs> and like you initially just assume, yeah, they probably did that with CG. But then in the marketing in the trailer you see oh they're mm -hmm. actually doing that you see from other angles you see the oh, helicopter sure. drop oh, yeah. it's like there's something about the narrative of of the creative mm -hmm. process of that that pulls us mm -hmm. in and i think but i think hmm. it's also worth noting though that when those examples come out obviously mission example being sort of like the shining one they stand out because they are growing increasingly uncommon right 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 that's fair because yeah, it is right. cheaper to do it digitally on a green screen, you know, instead of hanging, um, mm -hmm. you know, whatever his name is outside. But to the Garrett's side of point, point, I do think there is something special about knowing that, you know, um, you know, like Tom Cruise does all his stunts, right? 
right like knowing that tom cruise broke his leg trying to make this thing happen right oh i don't there's, disagree there's a sort of romanticized narrative to that um that i think like you know to, to what garrett was saying helps make that more of an experience for people watching sure and it, i i don't disagree at all with what you're okay. saying and even to take it back to the music world like i technically had the option to to uh you know buy access to a, a subscription to an mm-hmm. ai tool to have it write music for the recent thing that i'm coming up and i chose not to and i chose to trust garrett to do it because he's mm-hmm. yeah okay. has so a far that, better that, that was what that i wanted to push thing. you on is, yeah. is what 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 went through your mind when you were making that decision because like it's there wasn't like an expectation like i have to hire garrett i it like mm-hmm. Garrett Garrett's gonna be out of work if I don't hire him he's my employee it's sure like, you know we, we do stuff mm-hmm. occasionally so it's like right there shouldn't mm-hmm. be like a huge amount of pressure why did you decide to do it that way as opposed to uh, an AI Defining model AI or just buying yeah, it yeah. Or, or there buying were stock music yeah yeah uh there were some so I will without getting into any spoilers there were some specific requirements that some of the music needed to have that you know mm-hmm. about that nobody else really knows about that would be hard to replicate. There were different versions of the, the track that I needed um, that I think it would be very difficult, even knowing what I know about image generation bots to get a, a, a AI to generate a single track with a, a handful of different variations um, for that specific thing. But also um, I know that I, I trusted you specifically to be able right. to achieve what it was that but I see, was looking for. That that's where I was I was wondering is like I mm-hmm. I think that there's there's a difference between like like when you hire somebody just on Fiverr mm-hmm. that you know nothing else about I think you sure. might see less of that yeah. when we have access to to mm-hmm. AI to do a lot of these things but I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to replace like okay I have a relationship with Caleb I know he can do this kind oh, of stuff sure. and I like the sure. creative filter that it passes through when I ask him to do something. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so so there's like there's there's a there's a a bond of friendship and trust and then there's yeah. like a there's a taste thing it's like i actually i want i want your human creative filter mm-hmm. i want yes. this idea to to to, to, to touch that yes right? mm-hmm. and and i do think you know when it comes to like the fiverr sort of example like you were talking about those people are going to lose first right yeah. those mm-hmm. i think of like the sure. and a measurement there are there are definitely multiple variables on this graph but if, if nothing else just skill Right, the people who are relatively low skill that are that are firing up logic, grabbing the random loops that mm-hmm. come with the program, dropping yeah. it in and making music out of it, right? Which I'm sure people have done, and it sounds fine. But um, mm-hmm. those are the people who are going to start losing out to AI first, and then like, it, it, but it it just keeps getting better, Garrett. I'm worried about my job eventually, and even mm-hmm. like, so let me ask you this. Would you be open as an artist to using AI tools to help you mm-hmm. create music? I think, like, initially, I that, that question, like, disturbs me a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, I wouldn't. But then I, I realize, mm-hmm. I look at the technology I already use and just, it, it's, it's, it's not like a hard cut of, like, this is AI and this is right. not. It's like, sure. it's, it's all a gradient mm-hmm. of just, like, AI is just technology and, and, you, and, mm-hmm. you, and you offload some of your effort onto technology. And that's, mm-hmm. so, so I've tried to plug that back into my conversation with, with my tools and think about how I treat them in general. And I don't know, I, 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 I'm, I feel a bit challenged because I think there, there are some ways that I already don't have a healthy relationship with my tools where I rely on them too much. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. Sure. And 
but but at the same time, it's like I, I don't think that that fundamentally. I don't think that means you shouldn't use tools. I don't think that means that you should try to like. I don't think mm-hmm. we we need to go back beyond before medieval right. times and say that we shouldn't be using hammers <laughs> to make armor. We you're not an hand, analog only rocks. guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I I, th- I think tools can be used well, but I think that it, mm-hmm. there needs to be like a, a constant reminder of like where their place is and and how to use them mm-hmm. well and, and and make sure that they're not taking over that central space of like of humanity or or like attention and care and because uh, mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. So like when I like okay i'm I'm processing this real in real time but like when i'm thinking about just like even working through editing an audio project sure there's there is a an auto edit button i can press on my program Mm -hmm. that does a decent job Mm -hmm. um and probably the most streamlined process for a lot of a lot of projects is for me to press that button and then go back through and check its work because i there's still need to like right like Mm -hmm. i perceive it differently you know whether that's a good cut than than the computer does yeah but I still get like consistently more like I get more if I can manage to like get myself creatively engaged enough, I still make better cuts or at least more creative or I don't know there's there's more attention to to not even to detail, but maybe it's to flow. It's like it's it's being able to like look at the project from multiple different angles at once and, and like experience it as a listener and say, OK, this is the kind of cut I want to make. Like mm. AI can't do that because it can't mm-hmm. experience the music. Uh, yes, like, you know what I, I'm am, saying? Like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, there, there, there's there's the, a, there's a feeling that you get when you're experiencing art, and and that's that's mm-hmm. that enters the feedback loop when you're as an artist working on something. But there are sure. also like mm-hmm. really tedious tasks to do. So I I don't right. There there was a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. I, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before where we talked mm-hmm. about um we talked about the importance and difference between someone's skills and someone's mm-hmm. taste, right? And mm-hmm. how. Uh, it's important as any artist in any field to continue to work on your skills to make better and better and better Mm -hmm. stuff. But often what, so the skill sort of raises the floor of what you can create of, of like the worst thing you, you can make will always be getting better and better and better. But the ceiling is dictated by your taste, right? If you have really terrible Mm -hmm. taste, but really good skills, you're going to make a lot of stuff that is technically proficient that nobody wants to see or listen Mm -hmm. to. Right. Right. Um, um, and I think when it comes to artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. in no way helps, modifies, or has anything to do with taste. But it absolutely mm-hmm. is something yes. that raises the okay. floor sure. yep. of what anybody mm-hmm. could do. I would say, and I know it's one of the mm-hmm. questions we have to get to, that it, it very mm-hmm. much lowers the barrier of entry for mm-hmm. someone who, like, and we've seen this. This is not a new thing. It's been a progression over the past couple decades when it comes to music production it used to be something where you had to pay a producer to go into a studio and Mm -hmm. like have them all with the giant board you could do that with a laptop in your bedroom now for the most part with Mm -hmm. some exceptions um um but uh uh, this is just it feels like the next step of like i've seen a tool i wish i had saved the tiktok of this thing Mm. where uh um you could take a a like a sound um, usually like a keyboard sound, like a single note of mm-hmm. something that you found online that you like, and you plug it into this thing and it will over the course of a couple minutes, figure out what settings it needs to tweak on its synthesizer to be able to recreate wow. that exact sound. And then you That's can play amazing. it and do, and then you can adjust the settings and do yeah. whatever. Right. Is it preferable? Is it better that that person knows how to adjust the settings on their, their thing themselves and figure it out? I would think generally speaking, yes. I think it's going to be mm-hmm. good to know those skills. But yeah. for someone who has good taste and just needs to be able to get there, pff, I don't know. I feel like 
this real could be an mm-hmm. even easier on ramp for even mm-hmm. more people to be creating music. Will it result yeah. in more bad music? Absolutely, mm-hmm. it will. But yeah, it mm-hmm. will. I will. I th- I think that in the end, it will also result in mm-hmm. good artists being able to make more music. What do you think? Like I I I know I said it last time when we brought up this topic. I think it's very similar to like the effect that we saw it happened with the whole story behind Comic Sans, right? Comic Sans is this this meme of a font, right? Mm-hmm. Um, part of Comic Sans' story is that it was put into, I think, like Windows Vista or something like that as one of the default fonts that you could choose from in, in 98. Word. 98. Windows 98. 98? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happened was that all of a sudden people who had never had the opportunity to like use all these kind of crazy fonts suddenly had access to it and they started using it in wildly inappropriate ways. Like I remember seeing pictures of a gravestone using comic sands. <laughs> probably, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I know <laughs> what, what <laughs> but uh, I imagine something similar would happen in this case of like, you know, you might have the tools to be able to create music. Um, and, and so like we're, you know, we're gearing up to that question of like that uh, barrier for entry has yeah. certainly been lowered, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the skill set has right. raised. And so now we see a lot of people whose skill set is low using the tools that used right. to be right. reserved for professionals. Yeah. Well, I mean, we should bring Uncle Ben in here because like with great power <laughs> comes great. Sure. I mean, right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so is is there a way of of thought like do, does everybody get access to all of the ai tools all the time no matter who they are like maybe we should build some sort of a tiered society where like you know, <laughs> have to put in a certain good nice <laughs> oh my god well we already only, have that right now elites? if oh if you can afford the ai tools <laughs> there already is right. a tiered society listen here. guys yeah, yeah. we're not a political this is not podcast, that podcast. <laughs> we, can, we can suggest some other ones right <laughs> No, but but the, the thing is, like, mm-hmm. is when when you're limited by your own skills, then you only get access to the level of of power that you've developed by spending time with you know with developing those skills. So there is mm-hmm. sort of a built-in model like that when you don't have. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. As the thing is, I, I don't yeah. know how how to like sort of respect that natural flow of like you get more ability to do things, and that there, there needs to be some sort of like sacrifice <laughs> or art. I've heard it said before, art is pain, right? Art, uh, there's yeah. something in there. And it it feels really stale to think like all all this work has been done by because, you know, uh, ones and zeros contemplating, you know, different thoughts and things. There's no, there, there's no meat and blood to it, you know? So this is not an ex- exact parallel, but I feel like a, mm-hmm. an analog to this, analog, analog to this discussion could be, uh, I think of like the uh, uh, very abstract, like uh, postmodern art wave, right? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. you had like Pollock throwing paint on a wall mm-hmm. and just yeah. yeeting it all over the place. And there were, there was, I don't know how you guys feel about that kind of art. I don't mind it. I, I like that kind of stuff. Uh, sure. But there was intentionality. There was taste involved. It, it was, at the time, a new idea. Mm-hmm. But he was trying to communicate ideas, emotions through that kind of thing. But also, at the same time, anybody can throw paint at the wall, right? And yeah, all of sure. a sudden, yeah. we had a decade of just yeah. 
mm-hmm. a meme's worth amount of thrown paint on the wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it became a joke, that kind of artwork, right? And to the point of where, like, it, it no longer, for a good while, it's it was no longer even worth trying to examine a piece of art like that because chances are it was made by an amateur, amateur that mm-hmm. wasn't processing what mm-hmm. they were trying to feel or no, convey. They were just trying to make something that mm-hmm. looked good, right? I, I think, but, yeah, right, go, so, go on. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, that's not true. Uh, but the last thing I'll say right <laughs> now, uh, the, the next the, thing I'll say. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, was it a good thing that that style of art became accessible? And did the flood into the market of all of these copycats with no taste decrease the value of a like an original mm-hmm. Pollock painting? I would say no personally. Well, it's it's Ooh. funny too because like th- there's there's a select group of people that are going to appreciate the Pollock painting a lot mm-hmm. more. And then there's a lot of other people that are going to appreciate the painting on a much it's like I want to say simpler mm-hmm. but it's like it's just like they're they're appreciating it in a different way. They they don't it have to as yeah, opposed to as, artistic. Yeah. Well, I don't even not even know if it's totally opposed to artistically, but sure, it's just like fair it's mm-hmm. it's a different it's a different point of entry and and the other the copycats do it for them <laughs> because it still <laughs> yeah. brings them to this yeah. this space of like wonder or like so I don't I, I'm I'm kind of arguing back against myself a little bit here because I sure. I also like yesterday I was listening to Brian Eno talk a little bit about making different kinds of art and and he said like the stuff that moves him most is not the stuff that's like virtuosic. Like, I don't yeah. know if that's a word. <laughs> no, I understand <laughs> like, what you mean. You, you, you yeah. can't, like, mm-hmm. like a second ago, I was arguing that, okay, there needs to be sort of a sacrifice. You need to like develop skill mm-hmm. in order to mm-hmm. like, to, to have a, but then also like, you shouldn't conflate skill with art because that's no. not the same thing either. Like people, like there's no. there's mm-hmm. musicians or there's cla- there's classical musicians or people who like learn how to shred on the guitar mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah. don't, that aren't aren't getting into that artistic space of like actual wonder actual mm-hmm. connection to something right. at all they're just they're just mm-hmm. showing off right yes and, yeah. and so yeah it's it's interesting he said, he said like the, the stuff that he finds the coolest when it comes to art is stuff that like literally anybody could have done but you didn't freaking do it right <laughs> it was that idea it was it's, it was it's, it's the taste right it's, it's not yeah, it's, it's skills yep. and there's taste and yeah. taste will always be important i think mm-hmm. i hope please sure um, i think so <laughs> but skills yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to me are becoming less important i think mm-hmm. i i i think <laughs> from our current perspective kayla you're probably right skills feel like they're less important i think our you know like we said a dozen times now the barrier entry is lowering right yeah when when this this barrier has lowered and this becomes normal for most people that skill ceiling will rise again right you know, new tools yeah. will mean new, new, new heights that we can reach. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. That's what I was about to say. It's like, mm-hmm. once you, everybody has access. Once everyone's super, then no one is. But then there's just become mm-hmm. super super because that everybody somebody super, else will innovate. If, there's, there's still mm-hmm. this sort of competition of it. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think no. what we yeah. have what one big question mm-hmm. that we want to hit after this. Mm-hmm. But I know Doctor Lit. You look at the uh, comments. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. About comments so too. I think this is worth a conversation because mm-hmm. I would. I, I have mm-hmm. a slight pushback on this. Doctor Lit says AI is literally based off of past art work uh it wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the creativity of past artists and you wouldn't either i think everything that we create as artists (laughs) there is no such thing as Mm -hmm. original idea everything you've ever done is a mishmash 
of the cocktail of inspiration and experiences that you've had over the course of whatever. And that's no different to artificial intelligence. Having the taste to know what combinations mm-hmm. of ideas that haven't been put put brought together before are going to mm-hmm. be good or garbage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's important. And AI doesn't have that yet. Uh, <laughs> yet. Uh, but when it comes right. to just taking inspiration, and, and we could argue at what at what point is the line between taking inspiration and just straight up stealing? Like, where is that? I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Um, well, that's. But I, I think one of the big differences is that inspiration is where you catch the spirit of whatever is behind some piece of art. Whereas sure. AI is not does, doesn't have a soul, doesn't have a space to hold spirits, so that it, it can't be inspired. It can only mathematically average out certain. You know, it, it can take in a whole bunch of artistic content and it can it can average out what this sort of style is. But it can't. Hmm. There, there's something else going on when an artist is inspired. I like Garrett's what, answer. What is your <laughs> What is your definition of inspired? It, it would I think be, you just heard it. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear. I want to understand again. It, mm-hmm. it, in 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 very uh, wishy washy terms. It, that, it's, that, that's what I. But that's sure. what I mean. It's like it's it's not yeah. a technical thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's like. As an artist, you catch the spirit of something. Mm-hmm. To be inspired, that spirit comes into you. Hmm. I think we're ready for the uh, spiritual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I think it, it's involved enough with the third question to to mm-hmm. bring the third question in, and then we'll have a, a bigger conversation. But I think, obviously, this, and just so you guys know, this other conversations that come up every time I'm having a conversation mm-hmm. with Garrett is we end up talking theology and ethics for four <laughs> hours straight. So yep. this is part of the course, and exactly why we wanted him on. Uh, but the last question we have here, mm-hmm. being that it's the Black Bar Podcast, and we are uh, a Christian Minecraft server, uh, does <laughs> a song... Does a song being generated AI inherently make it less we have right here spiritual or impactful? But I think can we, can less, we set some boundaries? Yeah, I, I would like to maybe rephrase a, a little bit. Yeah. Does it make it less effective at ministry? I I think we'd have to start earlier on in the conversation because I don't know what makes a song mm-hmm. effective as a piece of ministry. Let's, let's I don't think there. a lot of CCM artists do. <laughs> I know. I was going to say I, I don't know if music is primarily a, a, something mm-hmm. that is useful in ministry. I mean, right? I, I see music as mm-hmm. something that's that's liturgical. It's important to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. share within a community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the idea of like using it as a as a ministry tool. That's like interesting. I, I haven't seen that really effectively done. sure so let me mm-hmm. let me like paint an imaginary picture here that i don't think is too far outside of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. ai okay. tools can sh- continue to develop and make it easier and easier for artists to create music there are mm-hmm. many 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 worship pastors out there that mm-hmm. uh are playing everybody else's music every sunday right because either That's they don't fair. have the time or the ability to um create their own music, right? That's just not something that's on the table for them. Uh, and if they were able to take uh, perhaps lyrics they've written, they've written and a direction for a song, perhaps it's not even lyrics, perhaps they just have a chord progression or something, whatever. And they use artificial intelligence to fill it out. And all of a sudden, there's unique music happening written with some intention of for that time and place, Right. Is the involvement or even the majority of the song being constructed by AI 
um, theologically or ethically, is that a problem in the format of a typical, we'll say, worship service? I mean, I, I think it's just going to come down to how it connects to that congregation and where where those where those people are are, mm-hmm. are kind of their relationship to that those those types of technologies. Because if they're uncomfortable yeah. with it, or they or they just mm-hmm. like they have a sense that that's not as, that doesn't feel as as human, that doesn't connect to me as much than just like sure. fact. I mean, but that's not that's not necessarily here nor there. It's like that's not objectively unethical. It's just like okay, mm-hmm. but but you have to think about how you're connecting to your your people, like. I mean, let, <laughs> maybe that's a let, good thing. Let me like, take it one step. Maybe you're in a super yeah. racist congregation, mm-hmm. and they would not be okay <laughs> with, with, with you writing a song <laughs> with somebody from another culture. And it's like, well, you do it, sure. and then you, and then mm-hmm. and then you open them up to this new, you know, like maybe it touches them in a way they weren't expecting. You know? <laughs> sure. I did not know where you were going to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's my heart's beating. Um, um, maybe let me take it a step further, even further than uh, that. The yeah, there are. I'd say a, a good a good chunk of worship leaders that I know mm-hmm. will pick songs to some degree based on at least mm-hmm. especially the altar call based on the sermon that was just preached. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They try to connect it there. Right? What if one day there is some sort of AI system in which the pastor who in this world has written their own sermon and mm-hmm. not had ChatGPT write it for them? Sure. Um, takes their sermon in its entirety, uploads it to some place, and an AI mm-hmm. generates a song based on the points of the sermon. Mm-hmm. And here, okay, I, that, 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 it that's just a good, exists. That's a good um, uh, thought, thought uh, mm-hmm. experiment. So I think in that scenario, you, I wouldn't want just the pastor who has no experience writing music doing that. I wouldn't want him to have access to that tool because I don't think he would have the proper uh, creative filter to pass it back through to decide this belongs and this doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sure. So when it comes, so I think that kind of just as far as the the principle of using that technology for me would be that it has to still be wielded by somebody who knows how to use that power. I hear so that. It, so, yeah, I guess in that mm-hmm. case, he's trusting the taste of the AI right. to not only create a song that it's, is related to whatever it is not, he's doing, and, and the taste isn't but purely it's aesthetic. Good. It's like it's like spiritual taste. Yeah. It's like does mm-hmm. this connect properly sure. to mm-hmm. what we're trying to express or what we want to participate in through this? Yep. Like, you, you, yeah, you can't. So, so this is another. I, I read yep. I read a paper by Chomsky uh, last week about AI, and, and he was talking about trying to to ethically align AIs, and. He said that basically mm-hmm. it was not possible to teach them to be good because they don't, they can't, there's no, like goodness is a, is a transcendental, sure. right? It's, it's not a algorithm. Mm-hmm. You, you can't write an algorithm for what good is. Mm-hmm. You can set hard rules right. and say, don't talk about this, don't talk about this, mm-hmm. and don't talk about this. Right. And you could say, in general, talk about this. But you can't say, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as, as yourself. And AI doesn't know how to do that. Love does not compute. Love does not compute. <laughs> I'll argue. I, mm-hmm. I I 100% agree with you. I will also add yes and mm-hmm. yet. Yes and yet. I'm not going to write off the possibility that they will figure that out at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 going to write it off for the for the foreseeable future. But that's the thing is, I, I'm saying sure. You like mm-hmm. use it, but don't replace yourself with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. So maybe, and this might be a, a, a good sort of like last question for this topic. What is it that current artists, music artists will stick for now, 
currently have that AI does not and you don't think ever could have? Particularly Christian artists? Hmm. So sure. I was going to yeah. say taste, but I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> right. To all our Christian artists listening in the uh, the live stream right now. Um... <laughs> Garrett is a very cynical ex-Christian music listener. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say human connection, but people have mm -hmm. these sort of like semi, like artificial relationships with, with like characters. Mm -hmm. like Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll tell you what, I saw an article that was a little kind of in the same vein, but like apparently AI generated uh, text-based chat uh, girlfriend and boyfriend bots are on the rise. Sure. So if you're, oh, yeah. you're talking I about the that. human element, it's, yeah. Yeah, so AI will not have continuous uh, history connection to, the, to, the, to, to human history. Like every human you talk to is related mm. To you somewhere down the line, so there's there's a deep sense of connection there. I mean, I guess yeah, there's there's like an artificial. I don't know. I, I just I'm just trying to come up with these I'm on the fly. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's a tough thing. Uh, like, like so, uh, it's already generating music, and it's already mm -hmm. generating music that is like passable. Um, and right now, it's replicating specific artists or specific styles or or whatever, and. In the same way with image generation bot and the text generation bot, it's going to get better at being creative. It's going to get better at mixing styles and coming up with new ideas, ideas that we've never had before. Um, it's going to figure out, <laughs> I mean, just like any three-year-old could, mm -hmm. the formula for what good, effective, mm -hmm. like uh, uh, congregational worship music is supposed to be. You know. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, 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 sure. chorus, chorus, chorus. Maybe bridge, chorus, if the spirit's moving. <laughs> um, the, the, like, eventually it's going to be able to, I think, outright some of the best mm -hmm. um, in that world. Not, Which, it's well, not my type of music, right? Yeah. But, it's like, what will, like, if, if in 10 years you play a song that is AI generated and one that is not, mm -hmm. and you are not able to tell the difference between the two, you are not able to identify which one is which, then I, 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 I don't see what could be missing there. The way worship music works in a Protestant context is there's new music. How often do you guys have new music? Uh, gosh, I'd say maybe every quarter at least. Okay. And is it like a, a full wipe of like, these are all new songs or is it like a couple new songs? You know, I know uh, one of our people watching could probably actually answer that better than I. Um, but I think it's, it's, you know, like we, there's a certain library that um, they hold on to and like, they'll throw out a couple songs, but they'll replace it with new ones. And so like ones that really hit and resonate with the congregation tend to stick in there much longer than, than other things. So so I wonder if, if, if you can train an AI to, to sense whether or not a song is resonating mm. with people spiritually. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like there, that it's um, possible. We don't have the technology right now, at least not in our churches, but like, uh, I, and one thing that I think like with AI just in general, which is kind of the problem is AI will be able to do whatever we tell it to do right so if we feed enough information it will probably be able to do what you're suggesting Garrett like if we have 
uh, in our sanctuary, a bunch of cameras aimed at everybody with facial tracking uh, software that also measures, you know, uh, you know, how much someone's smiling, how, you know, the amount of tears that have been produced uh, at, you know, uh, and stuff like that. And you run that all through the algorithm and stuff. It could probably make a pretty um, well-informed judgment on it. But I mean, I just don't think that's something that we have in most churches. So, so, these are my favorite. Just watching, <laughs> watching people. Proud. This is my favorite okay, thing. So I, I, I watched a video yesterday of a guy training an AI to be better mm-hmm. at him at Trackmania. You know, it's another game. No, I don't. Okay, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't think it's so. A free rate. It's actually a very, very cool engine. Uh, it's a free game on Steam though. Um, and p- guys get like, there's like, you can make tracks very easily, and you can make really, really crazy tracks. And there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who've gotten really, really good at it, and know like very um, specific like techniques for like getting cool drifts and stuff like that um to be able to go really 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 fast so he tries to teach Mm. an ai to uh to be better than him at the game Mm -hmm. and what he ends up having to do as he trains it is force it down certain 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 sort of tech trees um like uh, as far as like he 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 has to create he has to artificially reward it for for using its break um so that way, eventually, it will, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 he has, to, he has to like change the parameters so that way it's rewarded for for breaking and being being going a certain speed. So that way, eventually, the AI figures out how to drift mm-hmm. because that's a discovery that the AI wouldn't make unless forced down that that kind of corner. So there's sure. there's like mm-hmm. there's little tricks and techniques. There's things that we discover through our lines of interacting with things that we can uh, we can ascribe value to. Like oh, I think that's like because part of part of drifting. What makes it cool is mm-hmm. that it, it's cool, and like it mm-hmm. also it also yeah. makes you go faster. But it's yeah. cool, and that's part of what drew us down that 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 mm-hmm. rabbit hole. I think. So there's okay. there's like there needs I don't know. It, it seems like the way mm-hmm. that we the way that we develop certain technologies, even when they are technologies, mm-hmm. it, it has to do with us being humans, and, and 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 getting to that place with our own skills, and then we can teach AIs to to mm-hmm. to learn those skills. So even if we do teach them how to do it and it's great and they know how to do it and they do it well and they do it better than us, that's fine. I, I, like, let, let's say that's fine anyways. Um, hmm. But my, my main fear is just having fewer humans to teach the AIs how to do stuff like that. That's that, that cool. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, so it just comes down to, to like, w- once we're all lazy slubs having AI doing stuff for us, do <laughs> yeah. we make any more actual progress anymore? Like, do we know that AI can actually be creative? Or can it just do whatever it is that it's mm. doing? Sure. I, hmm. That would probably require a longer conversation of what is create, yeah, what yeah. is creativity, and mm-hmm. what, what requires that. But I also think... Mm, in terms of the more spiritual element of it, um, do I personally fear, uh, you know, a universe in which my uh, are like artistic, my ability to artistically express myself spiritually or whatever could be like far outpaced, outmatched by a, a computer? Absolutely, sure. Um, uh, but I, I would also argue you know, that there is value in creating art and that is also not different necessarily than consuming it. Um, um, and that that can still exist, Mm -hmm. but the, the, I, I believe that, that God can 
I've used the, I think I've said this a couple times on the podcast before. I believe that God can speak to me through nature. Mm-hmm. I believe that God can speak to me through uh, architecture. I believe God can speak to me through either one of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't see why I should start drawing the line mm-hmm. at computer programs. I don't think you should draw the line there. I think God can speak through everything that exists. Mm-hmm. I think ev- yeah. everything by the nature of his existence sings the glory of God. Including artificial intelligence. Sure. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I think my, yeah, my only pushback is, is, just, yeah, is just learning how to relate to it well. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, because mm-hmm. there there is like with any any kind of technology, there's a, a danger of replacement mm-hmm. or just just danger of treating it. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is we should give it bodies, give them bodies, so they can so now, experience okay, life okay. alongside yeah, us yeah. and walk around. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's we're saying. creating Maybe a we should, we should put our brains in jars. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Here's the thing, Caleb. The thing that you mentioned, uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, about God can use anything to speak, right? I've also heard you say that quote with an addition part to it of, you know, God used the donkey to speak, right? You know, he, he sure. can use, if he can use a donkey, he can use whatever, but it probably would have been better within that particular story of the Bible that the person who was listening to the donkey to have just listened to God in the first place, right? So sure. I guess the question sure. here is, you know, 100% generated, like completely generated by AI is that a donkey in this case? And by by you know, is is God able to speak to you sure. through through anything? A hundred percent. That's fair. Oh, Garrett's right. The, yeah, should the, we start the, mass producing surprise, donkeys right? to replace prophets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know they could do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've done it before. <laughs> I I think mm-hmm. we could probably talk about this topic for another four hours if we really wanted Absolutely to. Absolutely could. Um, and I'm I'm sure it will uh uh, uh, generate some discussion in the Discord after all this, but oh yeah, uh, for the sake of time, mm-hmm. I think it's probably worth uh, transitioning to our second. We only mm-hmm. have two topics today, but because they're a bit bigger ones, uh, but we wanted to sort of reopen the can of worms mm-hmm. that is um, AR and VR in the church, mm-hmm. as there's been some news in the past weeks and in the past months of development in the AR and VR world. But to catch that part of the conversation, uh, you're going to have to subscribe to Daily Wire Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, you do voice Don't. work too? <laughs> you should. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> the, uh, uh, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that, where the technology seems to be going or not, um, and see if uh, what the ministry potential is of some of that kind of stuff. Uh, so what, when it comes to uh, AR and VR, the big news of the past uh, week or so is that Meta, uh, formerly known as Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg's beast, mm-hmm. uh, has released the uh, Meta Quest 3, and they did a big old uh, conference for it and sort of talked about everything that it can do, along with a handful of other uh, small technologies. If you don't know, Meta has been dumping a ridiculous amount of money into augmented reality and virtual reality space Mm -hmm. over the past many years, uh, I think to the tune of billions of dollars Mm. uh, a year, if I remember correctly. Um, So this is a place where they see 
um, uh, a huge potential, obviously. And they are not the only company making that investment. Obviously, you have Valve mm-hmm. uh, yep. with the index that they've been working on, them more for gaming, but also sort of famously over the past couple of months, uh, Apple mm-hmm. has made their jump in with the Apple Vision Pro, which is maybe, and this is a bar, this is a mm-hmm. high bar to put, and I understand that I'm saying it, it might be the most overpriced thing Apple has ever created, <laughs> and I recognize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to remind myself regularly that it's a Apple Vision Pro, it's meant for professionals, mm-hmm. it's for business use, right? Whatever, it's not for every day. Hopefully, eventually, they make something like that. But you can see, even with that, Apple is investing into this space. Mm-hmm. The most powerful companies in the world in the terms of technology are looking at augmented reality and looking at virtual reality, and they continue to see it as a place that has potential Mm -hmm. and obviously revenue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They believe it to be an ecosystem worth investing in because they think that it's going to be an important part of the future of our culture. And I'm inclined to agree with them. I'll agree also that it's been a relatively slow start that there's been a bumpy road so far and that we've got a long way to go. Uh, but I do think that there's a future in AR VR. Uh, Garrett, I don't think I've talked to you about this subject specifically. How do you feel about AR VR in general? Have you, have you had a chance mm-hmm. to try a VR headset or augmented reality or anything like that? I've got to use a VR headset uh, like a couple of years ago. So it probably wasn't yeah. as good. Did you enjoy your experience? Did you <laughs> Vomit. Nick almost vomited the first time that he used. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I don't I don't think I got sick. Uh, I thought it was cool though. It's yeah. Like I, I like the I I don't know. I don't know if I like the idea. I think I like the experience of it more than I like the idea of it. <laughs> sure. Interesting. Okay. Sure. Um. Because yeah. Once once I'm in experiencing cool technology, it's just like wow, this is cool. But when I sit back and philo- philosophize about it, I'm like, ooh, this mm-hmm. is dangerous. <laughs> right. It's like I love going to a theme park. It's super fun. Do I want a a roller coaster in my backyard that I need <laughs> to do everything? You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Um. I'm I'm relatively. Uh, techno positive on the topic as i tend to be mm-hmm. and uh, nick i know generally speaking you seem to be pretty optimistic yeah. about the technology if i remember correctly true yep yep i mean if i didn't love so, it i wouldn't have bought it twice so yeah <laughs> yeah and i've done about the same and honestly the the the, the meta quest mm-hmm. 3 um oh, some dude. of the upgrades that they have in this yeah. thing i mean i 500 bucks this is too. not the podcast to just to just fly into all of the mm-hmm. things that it could do uh, but it is pretty incredible, specifically the augmented reality stuff, mm-hmm. the pass through, being able to see the world around you and have oh, yeah. like a TV screen on the wall mm-hmm. or anything like that. I mean, like I would totally, I'm ready to plug in. Just get me into the matrix. <laughs> how, how much is the Apple one though again? I think it's like three thousand, thirty-five hundred. Oh my gosh! You know when they talk yeah. about the uh, Mark of the Beast mm-hmm. in Revelation, I thought it'd be a lot cheaper. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I, you know the. Uh, I am noticing now that you say that the the mm-hmm. meta the the Meta Quest Three does have this little like meta logo right at the six, top, right in the center. Six, you know, you never know. Show me this. I think <laughs> right here. Well, you can't see it. I'm showing the, the people that. But mm-hmm. uh, so so I want to talk specifically about the ministry potential of these of these tools again. I know we mm-hmm. had a, a a stream quite yeah. a while ago. Uh, where we went over, yeah. 
yeah, a couple of years ago at this point, when Meta did their big, when Facebook's transitioned to Meta and they did a big live stream, we talked about all the things they're announcing and how that could be used in, in ministry. Um, I, I'm curious, when you think about AR and VR, both of you, um, in terms of, mm-hmm. we'll say, right now, mm-hmm. um, what are things that if churches who have the resources, whatever, to develop stuff for AR, VR, whatever, if they have the resources right now, what are ways that they could use the technology to reach their congregation or the people around them? Yeah, so it might be a really good time to to talk about the difference between AR and VR before we get into that, right? So AR being sure. augmented reality means that you know, uh, virtual elements are being put onto a a real scene, a, a actual physical environment. And virtual is, is um, you know, kind of opposite in the sense that it's a completely computer generated environment that you are immersed in, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I I will talk your head off about AR um, because I think that's really the direction we're going in my own personal assessment of it. Um, but I think the real application right now, the technology that can be utilized in this moment is the the VR space. And so like mm-hmm. in our in that last broadcast, we talked about a couple different times where like you and I had jop, uh, jumped into um, VR chat. And I remember there was this one time, uh, I don't think I was there for it, but Caleb, if you remember the story about the the the, the guy that was drunk at the bar uh, that you guys talked to. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to recall that mm-hmm. real quick, uh, like a brief yeah, overview. Yeah. I, I went to the VR chat, which is a place it's basically like an old school AOL chat mm-hmm. room for random strangers to sit down and talk to each other, but it's in VR. So people are dressed up as all weird avatars and everything, uh, walking into spaces created by digital creators. This one happened to be just a random restaurant and just talking to each other. And me and a couple of buddies sat down at a booth next to this guy who was obviously drinking himself silly in real life. Turns out he had had like the worst week of his life. Mm-hmm. He got fired. His girlfriend broke up with him, blah, 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 blah. And we were able to just talk with him for an mm-hmm. hour and sort of minister to him a little bit. And mm-hmm. I never saw him again, but it, it allowed an opportunity mm-hmm. to be close to someone who I otherwise would never have. And because he was dressed up as a, a character that, was not him and he was using a username that was unidentifiable he is entirely an anonymous person he had no reason to lie about anything that he was saying mm-hmm. so he immediately all of the normal social yeah. barriers of wanting to maintain a certain amount of dignity are gone and he just was speaking honestly and i mean if churches had a mm-hmm. had a way to just flick that on oh, yeah. and just get people to be honest so that we like can you know help each other like <laughs> yeah, yeah that's crazy <laughs> uh uh <laughs> that's maybe worth the conversation. Oh my gosh. Uh, but the, 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 uh, you know, the ministry potential of something like that obviously exists. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I'd, I'll fight for that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, things like that do exist. VR church does exist, mm-hmm. right? There are people who are hosting churches entirely in virtual spaces where people are showing up as random characters mm-hmm. uh, and avatars and whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure 90% mm-hmm. of them are anime. I'm <laughs> confident. Of that. I've never been to one and I will still bet that. The spirit um, is yeah. moving with and, all the anime girls today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for oh sure. For gosh. sure. Uh, and they're, and they're, 
you know, they're being ministered to, uh, and and they they're not having to leave their houses to do it. And and as opposed to usual, like normal virtual church, where the only interaction I have with people is something that's happening over like a text chat. Maybe if I'm sitting at my computer and typing back and forth or whatever, you're able to like make eye contact with people. You can have direct conversation. You can see their body language. You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there is absolutely potential in in virtual uh, reality church right now. I don't think it's a good fit for every church. I should clarify that. I don't think every church should start their own VR wing. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I, I, there's no question mm-hmm. to me that there is absolute mm-hmm. valuable ministry that can be done in that sort of space. Yeah. Garrett, I don't know if you heard of virtual reality churches or if you, have you, have you visited one perchance? Are you familiar with that? I, that would, I, I honestly, I feel like I would want to go and, uh, and see what this is about. Cause I, I'm only mm-hmm. like, I, I think we, we had a conversation about this a couple of years ago um, as like a potential of like, what this, what could this be like? But I didn't know that now right. it's a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> I, Nick and I have had a video idea for a while of yeah. him and I just for a month going to a bunch of different VR mm-hmm. churches. Interesting. Uh, from the yeah. videos that I have seen, it is literally like you, you walk mm-hmm. into the building. There are pews. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. people sitting around and talking. There is a pastor on the stage. Sometimes there is music that is played by musicians mm-hmm. that are also on the stage. Like they emulate reasonably as close as they can. Yeah. Now there are also like, so like Life Church, very church, large church, they now have a VR campus, which is effectively like a multi-campus site. So you go in and it's like a theater and you see all the other people and you can talk to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you all sit down and there is a screen that is effectively the the live the Life Church mm-hmm. like actual stream? like live okay. stream. Yeah. So you're just watching the video, but you are in a theater of other people yeah. that you can hear and talk to and all. That. So I I think there's. You know, that is a lower barrier of entry for something like that. But I still think at the very minimum to do real ministry, you need like a campus pastor in that environment to be able to still directly talk to and minister the people in that space. So that's that's generally, to my understanding, what it's like. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, who are are, are the people starting uh, Internet churches already you know sort of ordained within a particular system of like okay you're you're, you're pentecostal you're methodist whatever mm-hmm. uh or are they just like okay well this is a, this is kind of unclaimed space we can do mm-hmm. it i i mean mm-hmm. sorry it's probably both no yeah. you're good i was just gonna yeah. say that it's probably both because like we talked about the barrier entry right to to become a minister to start your own vr church is as simple as buying a quest uh three creating yeah. a, a space in the metaverse and uh, opening your doors. See, I don't know. I, I kind of want that barrier to entry to actually be like higher than it already is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand yeah, where enough. you're coming from in that. I understand where yeah. you're coming from in that. Yeah, it is definitely, it's it's easier. I, I, I think the, the oh, we talk about sort of the creative inspiration, the storytelling options that we have, like who says it has to be, who says it has to look like a church, right? And I know I've used this example before, but if you're if you're doing a sermon on the Sermon on the Mount or something like that, like why can't you mm. literally yes. take your service mm. and be on cool. yeah, the yeah. Mount, right? Mm-hmm. And be in that environment, like if you're like be 
using the tools that exist yeah. to create the spaces and be able to tell that story. Mm-hmm. I think especially for like children's ministry applications, uh, as sort of maybe hesitant mm-hmm. I am to just start throwing headsets at a bunch of developing brains. Um, mm-hmm. I. Uh, I think there is really cool application to be able to bring Bible mm. stories to life in a way that has never been done before mm-hmm. and allow mm. these kids to like insert themselves into mm-hmm. Wait a uh, second. these stories. Are, are we, we going to see the, the first real life imagination station? Are we going to get to go in Mr. Whitaker's? Ima- are we going to get to go to- back uh, in time? You what? know what? You I should have seen this coming. I should have yeah. seen this coming. So oh, hard. man. <laughs> Anybody was going to bring it up. But can, we, can we take a, a quick minute to kind of explain this this moment that just happened? Uh, <laughs> well, it's Adventures and Odyssey. I'm sure everybody is watching yeah. is familiar with Adventures, but well, Garrett is as yeah. <laughs> involved podcast. with the Adventures yeah. and Odyssey space. Yeah, yeah. push and, and the red done button. Done some work for them before. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I bet you, so, if Focus on the Family was being really clever. And, and investing in stuff like VR, AR, that would be an incredible thing for them yeah. to create. Is if a focus VR on the game family wasn't just scraping by, <laughs> <laughs> then they definitely they should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> invest I mean, hard into you know an imagination you know station. I'd what, go there. That sounds like fun. Yeah, some know, developers legit, should just do would, that. Yeah. yeah, that would actually yeah, that be should awesome. Be a thing. Now, yeah, man, that would be really interesting. Because I mean, you could just literally tell an AI, okay, mm-hmm. read the Bible and I want you to generate characters so they have to be, they have to act yes. like like mm-hmm. first century Greeks mm-hmm. or, or and Jews yeah. and different people, these different yes. cultures and, but obviously translated to English so I can understand, like the Imagination Station is now actually a possible thing to do mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that's that's actually pretty interesting yeah. and, mm-hmm. and you could ask them questions mm-hmm. and they would answer yeah. those yeah. questions and this is blowing my yeah, mind you know right now. i don't know because <laughs> another part of the we're not that far away yeah, another part of the meta uh, event that happened was they made an a announcement for the meta ai models and like they have a lot of different models that all specifically are are supposed to be an individual that specialize in a certain thing so garrett to your point you could very easily train an ai to be a first century roman citizen right and and be able to go into that environment and have a conversation with that person, right? As far as the AI would let you go. So I'm sure there are certain questions that would just go, I am an AI and cannot answer this. <laughs> it just T-poses immediately <laughs> and just starts spinning out. The... <laughs> oh my no. gosh. Yeah. I, I think my position it's... on AI has just entirely changed now that I, I'm envisioning hmm. being able to actually go into the imagination station. I think we could erase <laughs> cool. the first half of the episode. The I'm switch doing. is flipped. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm 100% That's on board cool now. That's cool enough. Oh, Artistic integrity. <laughs> Forget be, it. Be, be darned. Yeah. Now we can, we can just we can, we can go to the imagination station. Yeah. But yeah, I I think mm-hmm. its application in children's ministry obviously is crazy. We've mm-hmm. already seen the application in the uh, uh, virtual reality mm-hmm. uh, uh, churches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think even you know uh, we've talked dozens of times about the idea of digital missionaries mm-hmm. and being able mm-hmm. to use VR as a portal to talk to people that you otherwise would never have met. And because of that, uh, you know, the filter being gone because of the anonymity. You're able to have very real conversations with people that otherwise probably would not be opening up to you. Um, there are a lot of really unique things about the space that allow for a type of ministry that I don't think can usually exist in real life. Um, 
And I, I think it would be silly to ignore it or discount it just because it is different. I do not think it's going to be for everybody, but I think there are some people that are only going to be reached if mm-hmm. somebody is investing into this world. Oh, yeah. I agree with you, man. Yeah. Personally. If church communities can um, can foster an environment of creativity and um, and kind of make space for, for genuine artists to do their thing, then I mm-hmm. think giving them access to these tools, they might be able to do amazing things that would benefit the church. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think like sort of offloading things like, oh, now we have this cool technology and mm-hmm. kind of being showy with it and just thinking that, oh, since we're mm-hmm. on the cutting edge of tech, that's going to put more butts in seats. Like, mm-hmm. right. that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Like no. you, you need to have, no. have the have the core thing figured out first. Have a real community. Have have good relationships, and good relationships with your artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, sort of the big question uh, off of all of this, and definitely, mm-hmm. I think, uh, related to sort of the the back half of the the previous topic, is like, okay, this is a very new, cool sort of horizon for ministry mm-hmm. potentially. And technology in general, and I wouldn't doubt in twenty years we're all just plugging into the matrix, and you know that that's what our life is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are, from a Christian perspective, the positives and the negatives? Mm-hmm. Like there, there, this is going. If this catches on, like Apple is hoping it will, and like Meta is hoping it will, it's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. That change will not all be positive. How can the church be? ready and equipped to handle the negative consequences that VR and AR invested, like changing our world will bring about so that we can continue to minister to people in the future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe the first question is what are the negatives? What are we going to lose as a culture moving more and more further into VR and AR? I'll tell you one, right from our comments, uh, Victor Di uh, Giovanni uh, says, "Virtual spaces are the. This could have been an email of live interaction. Would a basic <laughs> Zoom meeting have been easier and more effective?" And I think he has a point there. Like, um, you know, diving into a virtual space could very uh, easily become more of a hindrance for people than a help. You know, if everyone needs to get together in a meeting, right, and we all got to get our headsets on first and stuff, that, that that's a, a part of it, right? Um, I think the hope is that eventually they'll just be like a pair of glasses that you're already mm-hmm. wearing. And then so yep. it's not any easier yes. to jump on a Zoom call. It's more mm-hmm. work to get on a sure. Zoom call than it would be mm-hmm. just firing it up. Yeah. And, At least that's the hope. And you know, we, I've probably said this before, and I won't belabor it, but that's 100% what I'm looking forward to. I, look, the, the mm-hmm. Ray-Bans they introduced in the thing, I want those right now. Yeah, I want, I want those yeah. on my eyes. It's already my aesthetic, so let's just do it. Come on, Meta. At uh, at so, Nick Mayo on Instagram. Let's talk. <laughs> okay, okay. So, as we move into a culture that's more and more AR and VR, what are some problems that you guys see arising mm-hmm. culturally from those technologies? Mm-hmm. Are you looking at me? I think <laughs> I'm looking at either of you, any of you, even the comments. Yeah, what yeah. do you guys think? Um, you know, I think um, what are we losing? We, we've talked a lot about how like you gain stuff and you lose stuff, right? And so mm-hmm. I think with the the virtual aspect of it, well, uh, you know, you could be with anyone anywhere in the world at any time, right? I, yeah. I think there is um, some aspects of the social uh, understanding of uh, mm-hmm. physicality to people that that might diminish. 
Um, I think, you know, you could even go into, you know, I, I know it was a bit of a joke and it was a really good joke, Garrett. Um, you had talked about the spirits really moving with the anime girls. Um, but <laughs> that, that could be a thing of body dysphoria that could come up, come about of like, you know, you could be anything and anyone you want in this virtual space. Um, that's not nothing. You know, if all you see every day is, you know, a perfected image uh, of someone's avatar, and then when you take off the headset, you look in the mirror, you know, that that the, the difference could be quite problematic for some individuals. Now, the same could be sure. said that, you know, it, it might give someone the ability to do something that they're not as well. So I think of somebody um, who uh, VR has actually been really good for a lot of people that are uh, handicapped and are unable to physically get to certain locations to be able to experience stuff like that. So that's a benefit. Uh, in the same idea, but for good, right? You know, you might be able to um, experience something you haven't. I remember we have a friend who um, uh, lost a finger in an accident and we gave her uh, a, a quest to use. And and part of the, the whole thing is you use these controllers, right? And so in that virtual space, you see your hands. And for her, it had been uh, maybe a decade or so and she looked at her hand and she was like, I have my finger again. I have never, I haven't had that. Mm -hmm. And it was a big moment for her. Uh, I remember in that, that thing. So I think like, you know, the physicality presents some challenges and some benefits, certainly benefits for some mm -hmm. potentially problems for others. Yeah. I, I don't think like it's, it's a, it's a cool thing to do like mm -hmm. in addition to the core thing. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I think there's something really important about you know, gathering together in a space and bringing all of all of our flaws um, and kind of experiencing forgiveness together in light of that. Yeah. If, if we get to kind mm -hmm. of cover ourselves up too much, then we don't. The, the light sure. doesn't shine in on on everything. You know. And, and I think, hopefully, well, <laughs> everything is always a distraction, right? But I. I as as culture is moving closer and closer mm -hmm. in the same way that like 20 years ago no one was going into a church service mm -hmm. with a phone in their pocket that could mm -hmm. access the wealth of all of humanity as ever you know uncovered uh and so we never had that distraction in a church service and now the second you know we're on the third <coughs> sermon of leviticus the phones all come out and we're all scrolling instagram or whatever you know um but now, in the future, we're talking about having glasses that are on our heads all the mm -hmm. time and where, like, we've got mm -hmm. stuff projected out in front. You could be watching the game while making eye contact mm -hmm. with your pastor, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's uh, anime girls to your left and right, too. You can just... <laughs> they're just... So they're all they're over hanging the out there. <laughs> Garrett again um, with the deep-seated joke. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think there will be, you know... We are absolutely, you know, the most distracted generation, and there will be the the oh, yeah. generations mm -hmm. after us are even more so. And this is not going to get any better mm -hmm. uh, when we have screens that are literally glued to our face, sure. um, a hundred percent of the time that we are literally looking through to perceive the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I I do anticipate that yeah. um, um, that it is going to get worse, and the mm -hmm. demand for people's attention mm -hmm. is going to get more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's going to be harder and harder for mm -hmm. churches who feel like they need to compete with production value mm -hmm. and feel like they need to compete with 
wow and mm-hmm. you know flashy whatever right. to get people's attention they are only going to start losing more and more and more and more mm-hmm. um and it's the churches that are investing in community and the churches yeah. that are investing in you know personal relationship and connection or whatever mm-hmm. those are the ones that are going to hold on to you know the the communities that they have a, a church is is an institution it's, it's at least on a certain level there's there's a business behind it businesses by nature sure. of being institutions and having you know committees having like a, a board of directors and all this stuff that's that's to slow down the rate of change so a community mm-hmm. is never going to be able to keep up with the speed of technology because technology is mm-hmm. just getting faster so individual content creators yeah. are always going to have a leg up on on church communities in terms of staying up to date and being you know doing the coolest newest stuff but right that thing you just talked about like real community that's that's mm-hmm. something that you can't you can't compete with that. I think the more cluttered our, our attention, you know, like you said, it's, it's just going to get noisier and noisier. The, the, the cost of getting somebody's attention is going to be higher and higher. But just as that gets noisier, the, the need for a retreat from that and, and mm-hmm. to, to a space that is, is not as distraction heavy and into a space that's like, that's, that's real human connection. I think the, the demand for that is only going to go up. I, I don't think that the, um, the church is is gonna is going anywhere the the, the crazier the outside world gets yeah i yeah i absolutely agree i, I mm-hmm. it's it's and it needs to be at the core of of what the church is providing is that human one-on-one connection mm-hmm. um and it is only going to get harder and i think even uh, not even just to say with the the distraction element, but the more and more and more we are immersed into digital spaces. Like I can think of for myself right now, I am not someone that goes out of the house very often. Mm-hmm. I know that's a huge surprise for everybody here and listening and <laughs> in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I am someone that is pretty glued to the technology that I have. I see obviously my family all the time, um, but the vast majority of my connection, Nick is one of my best friends and he lives hundreds of miles away. Zach mm-hmm. is hundreds and hundreds of miles away right (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh and my relationship is almost entirely through the means of technology Mm -hmm. that i have that 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 i have those relationships Mm -hmm. and i'm so thankful for that technology to be able to have those sorts of relationships um would i prefer that they be in person of course right i would rather be able to go out like on a saturday night and hang Mm -hmm. out and go see a movie or anything like that um i but i'm happy the technology exists I think it's to me it's important that like when we talk about real community, real one-on-one relationships or whatever, to me the physical presence of that person while maybe preferable is not necessary to have those types of relationships. It is possible to have a deep, meaningful, life-giving, uh ministry-capable relationship with someone over digital means. Um, and I don't want it to be a war of technologies advancing. More and more people are moving online. More and more people are moving digital. And we have to drag them back to be physical because that's where real ministry happens. Real ministry can happen oh, on yeah. the internet. It is happening mm-hmm. on the internet. It requires a reimagining of what that's supposed to look like practically mm-hmm. and like technically. But as long as we are serving others the way mm-hmm. Jesus served us, yeah. I don't care if that's over pixels right. or if that's over coffee. 
Yeah, I mean, the yeah. Discord is a perfect example of that, Caleb. Like, we've had, uh, you know, the Discord's been, what, almost four years now? We're just shy of four years, I think. And, you know, I, I've mm-hmm. mentioned it before in other podcasts, and I'll, I'll say it again. It's amazing because the people that we've connected on there have become my friends, right? The people yeah. that I, mm-hmm. I, I spend almost every morning with uh, sometimes, not so much this past week after being sick and work and whatnot. Sure. But, um, <laughs> Like, you know, these are the, uh, some of these people I've never seen in person ever. Um, yep. and, but there's entirely digital friendship. Um, and, and, you know, so ministry is happening online. I mean, literally this past week, um, one of them, uh, I was just dealing with something during the week and I, I was talking to him and he was like, Hey man, can I pray with you real quick? You know, pray, pray for what this whole situation. So ministry is happening between two people who have never set foot in the same room, let alone, I think even yep. the same state. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so if if these things are properly anchored to to a to, to like as long as your priorities are kept straight, they can be put in mm-hmm. service of these these deeper values like human connection and connection to God through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the question. So you you, you guys are, are you have a, a significant part of chunk of your lives that you get to use these technologies in, and it's and it's holding up certain. I mean, growing up, that was exactly mm-hmm. the same position I was in. Um, most of my friendships had to be online because I was traveling around with my family. We had, mm. we had a unique situation where we were just never in one to, location for very long. Um, so yeah, I'm really thankful for that. And I think the thing is, I, I like I like access to that technology now more um, now that I have. It's like there, I, I there, there was a there was a big something missing not being not doing that in real life too. Sure. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's like I, it, there's always like the, the, the real thing, so to speak, is it always, I think, needs to be the benchmark for how well we're achieving whatever we're doing with technologically mm-hmm. assisted versions of it. So yeah. as long as we keep that benchmark handy or, or like it's at least still part of our lives, we, we, we have something yeah. to kind of like test. OK, how, what, how close are we, what we're doing here? Is it, are we hitting the mark? Right. And I think, you know, we could look over the past 50 years mm-hmm. and see how technology has developed and it is getting closer. And I think it, personally, I think it's silly to think that it will never get there. But like at, if, if 50 years ago, 70 years ago, if I wanted to get in contact with you remote, I would be writing you a letter. Right. And the best I could get from you is that. Mm-hmm. And then we got to phone calls. And the best I could do was hear, you know, part of your voice. And then we got Mm-hmm. zoom calls at some point right and it's getting and now we have virtual reality and uh, you mm-hmm. brought up before the podcast the lex friedman and um and Mark zuckerberg, uh, zuckerberg yeah. yeah call if anybody hasn't seen that go look at it's it's insane how uh, amazing that technology is where not only am i seeing the person uh in front of me but i could like look around them yeah. i see them spatially we yeah. could make eye contact we could high five you know whatever that is um we're getting closer and closer and closer to a reconstruction of a virtual mm-hmm. reality, yeah, yeah. you know? Well, okay. So um, I think I have a kind of a, a, this, this kind of gets to the core of the issue. So, so you, you said you think right. that we eventually will get there. Where is, mm-hmm. is there? Like you, you, you mean, a, you, and yeah, I, I believe we'll get to a point in which, uh, the, uh, a virtual reality and actual reality are nearly indistinguishable. What would that mean? That that so if they're if they're nearly indistinguishable, would that mean that that we don't 
that, that it can replace it or what? Uh, so you're talking about uh, the the uh, that there are, are times that you wish you could be in person with the friends that you had when you were on the road all the time or anything like that. Um, and that functionally, it will be the same experience as if you had just been with your friends in person. Hmm. I, I, I don't I, I think that. I don't think there's a there's a there's a plank. I don't think there's there's a pixel depth to reality where we get to the point where it's just sure. oh, that's now it's the same thing as mm-hmm. being real. There's that that that's. I, I don't I, think that that's possible. I think I think it will be. Maybe not during our lifetime, yeah. but it will be at yeah. some point. I don't know, Caleb. I think the the, I think there's something to what Garrett's saying here too. Like, um, I think the the most way we can incorporate all reality is to be like just the one in this sense is it would be the matrix like you said like there is no no version of reality and virtuality in my opinion that is seamless together i think we get really close especially when you talk about augmented reality right there's a lot that can be done there um but so like garrett's in a van driving across the country or something and he wants to hang out with his friend and they pop in through AR uh, into the passenger seat and just chill with him. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there is no high five there. You know, that's still not a thing. And there may be haptic Mm -hmm. stuff in the future, but I think there's still, (laughs) you know, a a missing element of like, if, if his friend has some Cheetos, right. Because in this, uh, you know, future, their Cheetos are still a thing. um, You know, it wants to hand him some, that's not a thing unless there's Mm -hmm. already existing Cheetos in the car. So I think there's, you know, like we're going to get to a point, but there is a termination point where I don't think we can cross. Um, But so, yeah, the the thing is, every time you're creating a a virtual representation of something, you're dealing in the language of values and variables, Mm -hmm. which is so. So the way that works is, okay. I I, I think that um, what I'm looking at right now is actually a combination of red, blue and or I guess uh, if it's light, it's like cyan, magenta and green and something like that it's actually RGB. red blue and green for light uh mm-hmm. cmyk is for print but yeah. yes i know okay. what you're saying yeah. so if, if i'm if i'm looking at those things i it's like that that's what i'm distilling this down to but that's not what it is mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a way sure. of representing it it's, yes we, we don't get to the place where we're actually recreating reality we're recreating something about what we think is the most important part of of the experience that we're having but there's there's sure. always an infinite amount of depth beyond that to every moment that you're experiencing. Recreations of moments are not the same thing as moments. They're not near, they're, no matter how much effort you put into them, there's never the same depth. I, I understand what you're saying. And I don't think realistically that in our lifetime, the technology will be to a point at which that I'm describing. Sure. But I, I at, at the rate that things have been moving, I don't think there's any way that it won't eventually get there mm-hmm. um, to be. And, and will it be the same thing? It will not be the same thing. I will agree with you. Obviously it's not the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, but there will come a point I think where functionally like, yes, there is no pixel count to reality for sure. But, re- but reality there does become a point. Functional. Reality is way beyond function. Sure. Right. Sure. So if, if we get to the point where we say functionally it's the same thing, then we're making a really big mistake in terms of, of describing what our reality is. We're saying, okay, well, it's functionally the same. Sure. Who, who cares? It's not the same thing. I think for a, a, a future generation, if, hmm. the, if the perceptions they are getting through their senses is enough of a parallel, 
I don't think they will have much of a qualm about one way or the that's, other. That's what I think is the danger, is the fact that they won't have a qualm about it. They, they won't realize that there's, some, there, there's an infinite depth that they're missing that they need to be benchmarking their experience based on. Perhaps. Perhaps. But I think there is also benefit to a system like that to be able to and, and obviously technology is continuing to create uh we're getting further and further further create to more realistic worlds you could look at unreal engine and everything mm -hmm. like that um uh but to be able to be like snap my fingers bam i'm in the same room as nick and mm -hmm. we can talk to each other and we can hug each other and we could you know do whatever it is that you know we do hang out um free you know teleportation free you know mm -hmm flying i don't care whatever that is uh but a potential you know again at least from a ministry capacity to be able to meet and connect with people that otherwise would not be possible um i still view that as a benefit i'm not saying that there will be no losses i'll never say that i'll i'll never say that that won't cost something mm -hmm. uh but i think it will be a tool uh that will be used by humans all over the place and if there are humans using that tool um, then I think churches realistically need to, and Christians in general, mm -hmm. realistically need to examine how that tool possibly could be used for ministry. Um, so mm -hmm. in our lifetime, I don't think it's something that we'll have to worry about for the most part. But sure. as, as more and more technology allow us to get closer and closer to an analog of like that person-to-person -person human connection, okay. um, of physical connection, I should say, um, that that is more opportunity for nuance in communication and serving and sharing Christ with another, mm -hmm. with other people. Yeah. I, I think so. How much are we, st we still got some more time or we, we talk no, for a bit. Or we, we're wrapping up? We've got a, we've got a few more minutes. We, yeah. we'll, we'll have to wrap it up. Why don't we do some closing statements? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got a yeah. whole yeah. new <laughs> branch. We could take this <laughs> here. Tell us the branch. And, and if we want to continue that conversation, we'll have to do it on the discord. Okay. Okay. But, well, uh, so so yeah. what I'm thinking about is one of the most important things about, uh, about church as as, as a thing mm -hmm. uh, with, with, with outside of Protestantism, when it when it comes to Orthodox or Catholic faith, is the Eucharist, which ah, yeah, th there's right. something okay. like that. That's True. the center of 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 the whole mm -hmm. religious like of the liturgy. Yeah, which is mm -hmm. where we're we're point. physically all eating the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, which you know, if we we can if we can digitally recreate that, that's that's interesting as a sort of aesthetic to kind of remind us what that's like in real life. But it's not doing symbolically the same thing. Sure. My only thought would be sort of for that, you know, not exactly the same thing, but extremely similar in, in sort of like evangelical charismatic circles, there's full immersion water baptism. And right. A, a lot True. of denominations yeah, yeah. have that sort of system, right? And already right now, we have in virtual reality, like they'll have baptism services mm -hmm. where silly as it looks and yep. sounds. Mm -hmm. It is virtual water, right. and the pastor in his virtual avatar will take people and put them under the virtual water and bring them back out. Is it the exact same physical thing? I don't think so. But I, and this is now this is very much like a theological. This is more of an interpretation sort of thing now. Maybe mm -hmm. even not interpretation as much as it is like an application thing. Um, that I I don't think if if the if the heart and the intent behind behind the action remains consistent uh that i do believe the the spiritual benefit and obviously the community benefit uh can hold but i understand we're not all going to agree on that thing so mm -hmm. that's that would be my closing statement in regard to sure. your thought 
Nick, do you have anything? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the phrase that's been jumping my mind is that we can either chase the technology, like chase it away, or we can embrace it, right? And, um, you know, because it's, it's most likely not going to go away. And, and Although I do really appreciate sure. uh, Garrett's perspective of, like, there is a space for not having the technology. I think that's also mm-hmm. very valuable. Um, but, like, yeah. to an earlier point you had made, Caleb, about how, like, you know, if you have AR glasses on in a church service, you could be watching the game, or you could uh, be paying attention to the guy standing on stage. I think the mm-hmm. the future, you know, the practical future of AR in church is going to be finding a way to incorporate AR into the service. So instead of necessarily maybe LED walls or projectors or lights, you know, um, you have a combination of those things with AR elements. You know, how amazing would it be sure. for, uh, you know, the pastor's slides to be, you know, in your view and in front of you on stage. And if you're like, you know, what? I really want to look at better at that. You just like. And it comes up and you can like view through his notes or something like that. Like, so that'd be very cool. In the same way that I think churches need to find a way to incorporate phones into the experience of church currently, I think that's going to be a thing for how AR can be successful within the church is we're going to have to find a way to make sure that we incorporate that into the experience. Challenge being obviously money, funds, skills, people who can do (laughs) it, um, things that not necessarily have uh, been uh, something that have kept up with uh, the advancement of church's technology at the moment. So that's pretty much what And that'll get better over time. Hopefully. That'll get easier over time. Hopefully. But thanks for coming on board today, Garrett. Thank you guys for having me. (laughs) Just talking nonsense (laughs) with us. (laughs) We went off the rails, but it's it's always fun. Mm -hmm. There's a couple moments I'm like grabbing my popcorn. Garrett and Caleb are going at (laughs) it. Yeah, I I want to clarify before the end. I I, I feel like it it sounded like the the two positions are like Mm -hmm. Caleb for replacing the church with VR and Garrett for never using VR ever. (laughs) But like, I think think we're a lot closer Mm -hmm. to a middle ground than it probably sounds like with how stirred up we're getting it. Yes. Uh, yeah, no one is talking about mm-hmm. replacing the church with a, and no one's talking about the like mm-hmm. everybody should just jump into virtual reality yeah. either and just and, ignore. And I'm not it ar- arguing for dismissing it either, right? It's it's right. There yeah. needs to be good integration, and I think that's that's mm-hmm. why it's like it's it's such a difficult thing to do, and that's what makes mm-hmm. for these interesting conversations. Talking yeah, about integration, sure. Garrett. How can our audience integrate with the things that you are doing? <laughs> Great segue! Wow. <laughs> um, well, like you said earlier, I uh, I write music. That's my livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, I I write it and I release it. So if you want to listen to the music that I've put out, you can you can look me up on uh, on Spotify. Um, I've also worked with other artists. One of the most recent records I worked on is by a guy named Brett Jericho. I really like the way that record turned out. So if you want to give it a listen, go check it out on Spotify. Um, but if if you want to work with me, um, I I can write you stuff. I can write music for your podcast. I can even, and this is something I've just kind of uh, touching the surface of, but I really enjoyed doing recently. I can write music for your D and D session, whether that means writing a theme song that you play at the beginning before you stream it or whatever, or maybe it's not, maybe it's just for you and your friends. That's how I've been doing with my friends. We we have a theme song. Nobody else hears it, but we hear it, and we know it's game time. But I can also write <laughs> nice. music on the fly while you're doing your session, uh, which is, it's a pretty, that's something I've been doing with my friends. And it's been a very, very cool experience having that level of kind of interaction between the story and being able to kind of creatively come up with stuff on the fly. Um, so if that's something you're yeah. interested in or any of the musical services uh, you might need, feel free to reach out. Uh, you can go to my website, GarrettVandenberg.com or email me at Garrett at GarrettVandenberg.com.
You can also find him on Instagram at uh, Garrett Vandenberg. So guys, thank you for, to our audience. Thank you guys for watching today. Um, I know uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. I hope uh, Caleb Garrett, you guys did too. It sounds like you really did Um, to our audience. Make sure you like and subscribe, like and subscribe. If you like the content, if you want to see more content in the future. And again, don't forget to join us on discord. I'm going to try to start a thread over there. Maybe uh, I'm not sure what channel will be in, but we're going to start talking about what Garrett had mentioned there at the end. So this conversation can continue. And if you are interested in having, uh, you know, church media uh, marketing stuff done for you or if you have a business and want it uh something done for you as well that's something that we can do like i said in the beginning website graphic design video production all kinds of different stuff we make t-shirts and things too and what's great is when you partner with us in that and and and, uh have us do stuff for you that helps us fund the discord as well and our community and this podcast so that we can make sure that we can uncover the secrets of marketing media for churches thank you guys so much for watching the black bar podcast we'll see you next time yeah